Hello, welcome to a beautiful podcast to fall in love, an unofficial Bachelor Nation show from TV Guide. I'm Liam Matthews, and joining me in TV Guide Mansion is my co-host from Ari Season and Bachelor in Paradise, the Sultan of Psychology and the Priestess of Pathology, it's Jacqueline Trumbull. Damn, Liam, that was one of your better ones. <laughs> Sometimes I'd pull him from the show, but this time I was like, I don't, I don't know. That's what I, oh, hello. And then this week we're joined by a very special guest, also from Ari Season and Bachelor in Paradise, on the phone from California. We're doing a podcast. It's... <laughs> She, she's in the car. It's Kendall Long. Hello, hello from the car. <laughs> and uh, and we have another special guest, Pistachio. You will definitely hear him chime in with a few barks now and then. So I apologize for his sassy behavior. That's okay. He has opinions too. Yeah, he's like Peter. He's the worst bachelor we've had in years. <laughs> Pistachio would make a very sassy bachelor for sure. Yeah, well, probably an improvement. All right. So we are thrilled to have you, and we're talking fantasy suites. It's fantasy suite week, and things are getting really real for everyone, especially Madison, who can't see herself being with Peter if he slept with either of the other women. And Maddie, Victoria, and Hannah Ann were all staying in the same apartment, which stressed Maddie out even more than she would have been otherwise as she waited for her date with Peter. And once she went on that date, things got really interesting. I think we should just go right to talking about Peter and Maddie, because that was really that. I mean, that was the heart of the episode. And I think the most compelling and interesting thing we've seen all season. Not for sure. It was really, really complex issue. Nobody was really wrong. Nobody was really. They were both right is how I felt. But how do you what do you think? I think you're right. I think they're both right. I think a lot of people are comparing Maddie to Luke P. I don't necessarily agree with that because I feel like she did it in a very non-aggressive like calm way like she wasn't trying to uh, change him she was just trying to lay out like her expectations or what she was looking for in a partner and and I think that's fair and I think it was extremely real so I I don't necessarily think she should get any hate for that yeah I think people are really I don't know if this is a these days type of thing but they really want there to be a right or wrong answer to this and they want they want someone to be in the wrong and then pile on her and I just don't think this is one of those situations like I, I completely agree they're both right and actually I think so Liam's typical question of me is how do you think Peter did this episode and I think he did quite well even in this situation because I don't think he particularly backed down from his decision but he was able to see that she was hurt and he could still feel sorry for her pain um, and hate that he contributed to it I mean I don't think she did a good job communicating her expectations before the fantasy suites although it was pretty clear what her point was um but i i think you know after the dinner she was clear and articulate and it was perfectly reasonable for her to have that uh that talk with him and those expectations and i think the difference between her and luke is that luke made a character assessment of hannah whereas uh madison did not i agree with that and i think also peter was extremely like i see i saw so much empathy from him in mm-hmm. this episode, he he. I think he was really making sure to like cater to her emotions and cater to like where she stood, but not to ignore where he stood as well. It's kind of a hard balance to like reach that, and I feel like it showed that he really cared for her. Yeah, but at the same time, it kind of felt like when she first came to him after the rose ceremony and said, "This is how I feel. I don't think I could continue if you were to you know be intimate with the other women." And then he was just sort of like, "Okay, that's kind of unfair of you." to ask that and it's I can't make that commitment after he had gone on the dates with the other women she brought it up again and he was like oh 
oh, you meant that. <laughs> so you really don't want to. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like in the beginning it was kind of rushed and it was didn't really have the time that it needed to. So it was really confusing. I, I can understand. You, you did get the gist of what she was saying, but at the same time, she wasn't saying it was a deal breaker. She was just kind of saying, I right. don't know. She never really mm-hmm. had a solid view yeah. of it. So I could understand how he would think, oh, well, I mean, you have to take each relationship as it is separately. You can't take her morals and apply it to every single one of your relationships. You have to see them yeah. separately. So I can understand why he did what he did, you know. And I can understand why she's frustrated. I think Madison's problem was that she was too afraid of issuing an ultimatum because ultimately it was an ultimatum. And she, I, ideally, I think she should not have shied away from saying that. The problem is that ultimatums have such a bad rap, but that's just reality sometimes is that you say, if you do this, I'm out. And that's what she needed to communicate without being fearful because otherwise she just communicated a ton of confusion to him. I mean, she made it clear that she would be deeply uncomfortable if he slept with other people, but he would be deeply uncomfortable if he did not pursue his relationships the way he was, um, the way he needed to. And they're both totally right in that, you know, that's really the crux of it, you know? So do you think it was fair for Maddie to sort of give him this ultimatum, even like in the context of the show? I mean, in real life, obviously it would be, but in the context of the show. I mean, for her, if it was an ultimatum for her and her relationship, I think she's pretty justified in doing so because it's what she requires in a relationship. Whether he knows that she's the one that he wants to be with at the end of it, that's kind of where it gets a little bit iffy because he's trying to exercise all these relationships as much as he can. Intimacy is a huge part of that. So I can also understand why he's he can't hold himself back. Yeah, the interesting part of this is that if he knew that she was the one he wanted, then the ultimatum is fair. And this has happened before. Not necessarily that the contestant made an ultimatum, but that The Bachelor chose this. Like Nick Vile, I think, has said that he only slept with Vanessa. I know he didn't sleep with Rachel. She talked about falling asleep immediately because <laughs> Trump won the election. That's right. Yeah. It isn't crazy for Madison to think that he, if he loves her and if he knows that she's the one, that he will not sleep with anyone else. The problem is that the whole point of the show is to not necessarily be sure until you collect you know, enough information. And he's still in that information <laughs> collecting phase, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> information gathering. Yes. Yeah. I really, really liked when Peter said, I don't know how else to do this. I'll just be honest. I have been intimate. He followed up with, I can 100% see a future with you, but I can also see that with other women. It's like, am I the one? And then if I am the one, then I issue this ultimatum. And he's like, "I, I can't give you either of those. Yeah. Do you think Peter not doing what Maddie asked him indicates that he's not going to choose her? Um, I don't, I think he just doesn't know. He has feels, has strong feelings. And a lot of bachelors and bachelorettes are, get to this point where they don't know who they're going to choose. And it really is like the final episodes and the final times you hang out with the person that you really can figure out what you want, whether it's the overnights or meeting your parents. I mean, that's like very crucial time. So I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't know and felt like he'd be doing a disservice to the other relationships if he didn't explore them in ways that they were comfortable with. Yeah, I mean, these are two huge, like, intimacy. And also, I mean, even if they don't have sex, it's so much time to spend with each other unfiltered. And then meeting his parents, I mean, those are, like, those are game-changing episodes. So I can understand why he, even if he thought of her as a front runner, why he wouldn't want to write off these other relationships at this point. Yeah, plus, I mean, he really, (laughs) he's, he's been waiting for this with Victoria F., 
the whole season. They do have a lot of sexual chemistry. I mean, you can you can feel that <laughs> the fiery passion <laughs> of their arguments. And also, so Maddie was sort of getting flack, sort of for you know what you signed up for. You know, like this is the show. If you can't take a guy dating all these other women, like what are you doing here? But I mean, we've seen this before. Like, how do you see this? Like. She thought she would be able to handle it, but then it's a very different thing once you're in it. I mean, and you both have been in it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess my opinion is that, A, if they're going to repeatedly choose from a highly Christian pool of candidates, then this kind of issue is going to come up. Because a lot of people have said, like, if she's this religious, she couldn't, she shouldn't have gone on the show. But, like, the, the community around the show is quite religious itself. I, I think that a lot of things, like, A, you don't necessarily know how you feel until you do it. B you go on the show for a lot of reasons and getting married at the end is probably not the biggest one. And so, you know, I mean, even if there's a deal breaker, like I had a deal breaker basically, right? Like I didn't want to leave my job. I still went on um, with the attempting to be, you know, opening to open to continuing, but she could have gone on being like, these are my values. If he loves me or if this really works, then hopefully we can work with this otherwise like it's still fun to go on the bachelor like i don't really begrudge her going on the show for that um i don't know what do you think kendall and and you have unique perspective having been on this week yeah i mean i think there's always this huge tab huge discussion that fantasy suites has to involve sex but for a lot of past bachelors and bachelorettes they didn't and they don't so i feel like her going on although peter was known for his like windmill instant incident um i feel like it's perfectly reasonable to think, well, at that point, or by the time we get to that point, maybe that sex won't be something, you know, we'll both agree on it. You know, I know Sean Lowe was a bachelor who didn't choose to have sex. He was like a born again virgin. Emily Maynard didn't either. Exactly. So I feel like that's perfectly understandable. And that's not the kind of guy that Peter was. And he expressed that to her. And she, I don't think she's mad at him about it. I think she's going through it in her mind thinking, man, like, can I actually commit to somebody who has done something that doesn't align with my views, not to say his views are bad. Yeah. What do you think, Liam? I don't know. I think, uh, I think their values being this far out of alignment, I think it's going to be very, very difficult to overcome, you know? Well, particularly since she's saving herself for marriage. I mean, that's a long, this is a point reality Steve made. Like, it's not just this fantasy suite week. It's for the next year or two. Yeah, right. Unless they uh, get married uh, during after the final rose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I'm Pilot Peter, the windmill champ. I'm the sex bachelor. I got to do it. I mean, even just like somebody who is that religious, who every step of the way has talked about how important her faith is. Like her whole life is in service of God. She said that over and over again. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of feel like you kind of need somebody who is going to share that value system because it's so specific and so all-encompassing but this is what i said at the time you know she didn't necessarily or we didn't see her specify what that meant like i would have no idea what it meant for someone to say that they live in service of god and that that defines them other than like they believe in god and church is important but i i wouldn't know like what values that necessarily delineates and what the expectations of me are. And that would have been interesting to see. And I I mean, this is the first instance we're seeing of like, oh, no, that means this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and if Peter is willing to 
I don't know, convert or get born again or whatever, whatever has to be done. I don't know. Well, in Seinfeld, George Costanza, Costanza changed religions in order to marry the girl that he wanted to be with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see why this wouldn't be the case for Peter. Right. Henry V created an entire new church. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like he really does love her and he sees the beauty of her and her faith and he wants to be a part of that lifestyle. I can completely understand, you know, if he would want to join her in that. Um, because for her, I think that there's no question that's that's how she wants to raise her children. That's how she wants to live her life. Um, so if he chooses her, he also chooses the religion. Mm-hmm. So, And she did express that she that the person that she's with, she doesn't expect them to have the same. I think she was saying something. Just, they don't, she doesn't expect them to have the same morals as she does, the same exact lifestyle that she does. But when it comes to actually living with someone, raising kids with someone, like, how do you want to raise your children? Like, that's a huge, for sure, a huge thing. Yeah. She's a bit misleading when she, I mean, it's like the ultimatum thing. Like, I don't want to give you an ultimatum. This isn't an ultimatum, but actually it's an ultimatum. Or I don't expect my husband to have the same values as me necessarily or the same strength of conviction, but that is how we will be living. That's (laughs) (laughs) non-negotiable. I I don't really understand where the flexibility comes in. I mean, I think it comes in with her not making character assessments. Like she's not saying that he's a bad guy or that that necessarily he did anything wrong. She's just saying that it's it won't work for her. Um, ultimately, like if he chooses her, then it sounds like he will have to conform almost completely to her lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, I think she also has given a lot of sacrifice. Like in going on the show, it is something that maybe would be completely against what she yeah. want in a partner That's like true. having to see him kiss i'm going different dates um i don't think she's the kind of person that would you know be okay with like kissing multiple different people while you know dating so i think in that way she's managed to look look past that but being physically intimate like like while having sex i think that's something that because she's never experienced that with someone it's very difficult to like wrap your mind around and so i can totally. understand how it's overwhelming for her yeah i mean she obviously holds this in such high regard and value and I was trying to put myself in in that headspace and like him sleeping with two other women and not her well, and or her women whatever is just that is a pretty remarkable thing to wrap your head around yeah if that's your value yeah and actually reality Steve pointed out I saw that they have never said she's a virgin they say she's saving herself for marriage which is an interesting distinction I think do you think that is a distinction I don't know it's inconclusive what it means but I think it just kind of means like we're not, we did the virgin thing with Colton. We're not, we're not going to hammer it again, you know. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there is such a big, like, stigma around the word virgin, you know. And I think it's more mm-hmm. of like a graceful way to say I'm saving myself for marriage, because I feel like a lot of people like take the word virgin. They put a lot of power behind it. It's maybe to make it something like to not focus so much on the virginity, but more so on the value you the value of it yeah it's sort of a stand-in for like naivete to say someone's a virgin versus to say i'm saving myself for marriage it's like no I'm, i'm not naive i'm intentional right this was a very nuanced conversation for this season and uh this was good too so we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back and uh we're gonna we're gonna loosen it up a little bit back after this okay we're back Let's talk about Hannah Ann's date. And Hannah Ann went first. They didn't give her a lot of time. They sped through Hannah Ann's date because they're like, yeah, yeah, nobody really wants to see this right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it went really well. I think it was one of the one of the only dates that was just kind of effortless. Yeah. yeah. So in that way, it's like, oh, there needs to be more time for 
you know, the Madison with saving herself from marriage and Victoria with, you know, her emotions. She was like a tactical genius with this. I don't know if she knew about the conversation that, well, I, it was so funny how she hammered the point home about she's okay with him sleeping with other women because of her empathy for him and her understanding of his situation and, and just like how transformative that was for Peter. It was it was quite funny to watch almost mm. um, because she came across, and I think it was genuine, and I think it was a really, I mean, I, I liked her in this episode, sort of. Yeah. Um, very smart thing to say, very empathic thing to say. I mean, Kendall, you, I know, were sort of aligned with Hannah and when it came to Ari about wanting him to explore other relationships, but um, was that difficult for you at all? Or I guess I just saw my relationship as separate than everyone else's. I, I kind of was pretending like it wasn't happening at the same time. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, maybe he had like these two previous girlfriends before me. And because they're at both at different paces and different tracks. So it's very philosophical. It's like a new conception of time. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I had I had no understanding of his relationship with them because all yeah. I heard was from what they said. So for me to tell him how to be in a relationship that had nothing to do with me, I, I didn't feel right about that. I think that's a very smart way of conceptualizing it. I mean, people, I, I think, I guess would describe that as like um, compartmentalization. But I, I wasn't completely joking when I said it's sort of a philosophical take. Like it's it's a it's a necessary and um, sort of unique way of looking at it is like this person, I would be fine with him having past relationships. I'm just sort of conceptualizing these relationships perhaps as, as happening in a, at some other point of time or um, is essentially separate from me. And so it's not something that I necessarily have to take into account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. It really is. So it is kind of like a parallel universe. You kind of have to view it in that way. When I was on the show, it was like my times with me in my universe and there, you know, there are times with them and sometimes they cross, but most of the time I would prefer yeah. if they don't. <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah. Now I'm just trying to imagine like if I was on the show, I would, I would hope I would think about it like that too. Because that's, that's kind of the only way to get through it, right? Is to kind of think about it like it's not really happening. During the rose ceremonies, did those universes collide? Like, in other words, um, was that when you were hyper aware of the fact that these were not parallel universes, but they were happening in real time? And were, were you then not surprised when you went home? Or um, or was that a real shock to you? Um, I guess I, I was partially surprised that I went home because... I felt like our relationship was growing at the same time. I wasn't that surprised because as you know, I've never, I never had a one-on-one besides mm -hmm. um, mm. when I had the fantasy suite, um, I had the two-on-one and, you know, but other than that, I never really, I was never really prioritized in that way. So I guess in yeah. my mind, I was thinking if I'm not going to be prioritized in that way, then maybe it's just not me. And so part of me was surprised that I made it as far as I did. And another side of me was not, surprised it was it's kind of weird <laughs> mm -hmm. in my parallel universe I felt like not surprised that I was moving on <laughs> because I was like oh yeah you know we're we get along with nothing's negative like we haven't had any issues so I can see it continuing to go but in other ways I compared myself to say you know Lauren's or Becca's relationship um it was definitely and especially watching it back I was like it was definitely theirs is definitely leaps and bounds ahead of my own mm. and when you watch fantasy suite dates now having, you know, lived through that experience, how do you feel? Like, do you empathize with Maddie and Victoria and Hannah Ann? Oh, definitely. Because at, their relationships are all at such different points. And it's hard to, it's hard to like pause and understand that they're going to be spending the night with someone that you're going to be spending the night with. And you can 
do whatever you want during that period of time. You know, I think a lot of people like, say it has to be like sex, but a lot of it is talking about things you don't want to talk talk to publicly in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, because you are actually trying to figure out if you want to be in a long term, like serious relationship with this person. So it was more so like an excitement of, oh, we're going to really be able to see each other for who we are, you know, and you can be more vulnerable in that in that space. Kendall, do you remember one one thing that you talked about in Fantasy Suite that you hadn't wanted to talk about in front of the cameras that you are now comfortable talking about? <laughs> or That's a great question. Mainly everything that I talked about, I probably wouldn't want to talk about in front of people. I'm a, okay. I'm a fairly open person. And there's very little things that I don't want to talk about openly. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean, and I felt like I and I felt like I mainly did like open up and talk to him that I st- about stuff that I wanted to talk about openly, but yeah, there's some private stuff that <laughs> I probably would never want anyone to uh, make assessment judgments of me on. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of what I guess I would open up a lot more about my past or yeah or s- not necessarily sexuality, but like uh, right, just like murders, murders you've committed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that kind of thing. No, you don't want to. You don't want to admit to any. <laughs> any felonies you know you know as we know the bachelor is uh incriminating and uh holds up in court (laughs) that's true it can be used as substantial evidence (laughs) i've come around on hannah and and i think she will be fine as the bachelorette if peter doesn't pick her i think you're crazy you think i'm crazy okay she still comes across as 15 years old to me she still says like every other word she does not to me I, i i saw much more emotional depth from her in this episode primarily talking about how she had brought herself to be okay with him sleeping with other women. But I don't know. I still see her as pretty vacuous. Well, she also looks very young. So aren't her and Maddie the same age? I think they're both 24, yeah. She just feels way younger to me. I, I mean, interestingly, I think she's handled a lot of the drama very maturely. Like with the whole champagne thing, I think initially it was tempting to be a little bit confrontation confrontational with that but i think after a while she i think she handled it like a lot more maturely than you know other women that were on the show that were older than she was um yeah and i think in this situation she's also she might be one of the younger ones but i think she's handling it more you know more uh maturely than a lot of the other women are i guess i see her as a bit of a wallflower hmm. she's a little more reserved i would say she's more, yeah. more reserved when it comes to like strong emotions. For sure. Yeah. I just think it would be a sort of an insipid season. I, I can't imagine her. I, I mean, I think it's stronger personalities that carry the role better. Um, but I mean, but whatever, you know, I mean, I, I, I think she's a sweet person. Like, and I, I did enjoy seeing, and I think she's going to be crushed when she watches this back because even though it does seem like Madison is the clear front runner, the things he was saying about just being 100% totally in love and like euphoric during their date is going to be difficult. Yeah, that's going to help her her narrative. So you think she'll be Bachelorette? I think she could be. I mean, it's it's going to be her or Maddie, depending on who he picks. Or someone from a previous season, you don't think? No, I mean, as Bachelor Clues pointed out, Maddie got to a million followers before Fantasy Suites. Oh, I think if Maddie doesn't win, she'll be Bachelorette. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie is incredibly popular in a way that I personally cannot understand. <laughs> Yeah, Kendall, do you understand this? I love Maddie's personality. She's like so, she just seems really endearing. Like with how with how she gets excited about things and how she speaks. Um, I don't know. Like I, I think it's, I think it, she has a real, I love her personality. All right. I don't know. I mean, she's very charming, I would say. Liam and I both just think she's fine. 
<laughs> but but we wanted to hear from someone who loves her personality, so it's great. She doesn't have a fear. I don't think she has a fear of where she stands in the universe. You know, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like yeah. Does, I see yeah. a lot of women that are on on this um, season that who do have a, they hold back and they're not really quite sure of where they stand. Um, in the grand scheme of the world and Maddie just seems so sure with where she is. And so I guess that's like an attractive element. That's a very good point. I like that. Yeah. And that comes from the faith. She doesn't have insecurities in the sense of trying to put other people down in order yeah. to heighten herself. And that's where I have a lot of like admiration for who she is as well. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, this is a kind of a strange thing to say, but I, I really liked her composure when she was so hurt in this last episode of just her, I mean, she was kind of in shock, but she was really standing tall and she had this, uh, kind of strong serenity about her, which was was cool to see. Um, I guess I don't see her as like super dynamic. I would be fine with her. My only concern with her as Bachelorette is that we would once again get a crop of like highly Christian Southern men. Yeah, which was my concern with Hannah B as well. Then that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. At least they made it interesting, though. I mean, it was it was like the culture wars, but <laughs> yeah. So someone who has no chance of being bachelorette is victoria yeah i really do hope she has a lot of growth from this show because i feel like the one thing is she doesn't know how to express her emotions um or she she tends to like fight against expressing them and instead of saying how she feels she just says i don't know like that's the placeholder for it's like i'm afraid to tell you how i feel so i don't know and so i hope she learns that there's strength and vulnerability like that's what i would love to see from her yeah absolutely she is very afraid of exposing herself I mean, it was really interesting when she came into that date and said, I want to tell you where this comes from. And then she said, it comes from my past relationship. And then he said, what about your past relationship? And she said, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> and it was like a very natural follow-up question. And she just shut down. Like she is, I don't know what's what she's been dealing with in the past, but she seems terrified of of letting anyone see her. And you're right. Like that's, there's power and vulnerability and she needs to I hope she comes to that realization as well. She suppresses a lot of who she is, you know? Yeah. And so with something that's so beautiful about like being on the show in general is I feel like it just expands who you are in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I really do think when she watches it back, I think she'll start to open up more. That, I mean, that's my hope. We'll see on Paradise <laughs> if she's well, on there. <laughs> I remember that feeling of expansion, Kendall, but it, I don't think it lasted much past being on the show because then the social media onslaught happens. And for her, it's going to be so astronomical. Like, it's like if her fear is exposing herself and then she goes on The Bachelor, sort of exposes herself, and then everyone piles on and shuts her down, I'm worried that that's going to make it a lot worse. So I... I hope that you're right that she kind of to find some of that vulnerability and strength, but I I am concerned that it will have the opposite effect. I mean, I ho I sure hope not because it is yeah. it is kind of painful to have to have everyone else's opinion starting to factor into something that was so soul like opening, right? Yeah, it's a hard place to be. Yeah, I, I it wasn't really until you just mentioned it that I remember that feeling of expansion being on the show. I mean, I remember it feeling transformative in a, in a sense, and I was more comfortable with emotions, and I was more comfortable putting a lot of myself into a relationship as brief as it was. Um, and maybe that factored into like a lot of my anger post show was that I felt like I couldn't maintain that or that it was quashed in the end. So that's a, so I'm now I'm just reminiscing. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> good days. Those are the good days. Yeah, I know. 
they really were. And I mean, part of that was my relationship with you. Like it was, it was great being so close to someone and that there is like that kind of sisterhood bond that forms during that time. So there's a, there's a lot of expansion that happens. That's really cool. Especially with no social media, no phones, Mm -hmm. like no contact with the outside world. I feel like that that's where like the true relationships, I think that's why it's such an expedited experience, honestly. Yeah. God, that was wonderful. I know, right? (laughs) You need to go on a no phone retreat again. I know. I'm down. I'm coming. Oh, this sounds so nice. Now I want to go on The Bachelor. Come join on the (laughs) No phones. You just focus on your emotions. You make friends. Sounds great. It was actually very great. It was, I thought it was amazing. I've always, I've always had only, well, primarily positive things to say about my experience on the show. I, I had so much fun and it was, it was, I mean, I cried all the time, but there was, there was something nice about it for some reason. (laughs) We cried together. It was great. (laughs) All right. So I got one question before we go to the next break. Bachelor Senior Edition. Good idea or nah? Oh, yes. Do you imagine like the the depth those relationships will have and the experience and like the life lessons? Like I'm going to watch it just to to, uh, just learn about how to be like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's just so much knowledge there. Totally agree. I'm stoked for Bachelor Senior Edition. Liam does disagrees. My initial reaction was like, nah, nah, nobody wants to see that. It would have to be very different from, you know, mainline Bachelor, Bachelorette with people in their 20s because nobody wants to see people, people in their 70s act like people in their 20s. It's like we've forgotten that people over the age of 35 even exist. Like, I don't think people don't have any conception of what it's, of what it's like to date in your later years or of what their values are. I mean, it's it's really strange. I was even having this like realization looking ahead to my life as like once I get married and have kids, it's like, I don't actually know what the roadmap is after this because all of my fantasies have surrounded my 20s, like finding a husband, finding a career, having that first kid. But it's like, what happens in those, in those years? And what's it going to be like for these people to suddenly be acknowledged and um, given attention and I, I think there's gonna I think it's gonna be super interesting and uh, I assume less vapid than a lot of the bachelor seasons just because of life experience and like they're not they don't have valley girl accents anymore <laughs> I don't know if that ever goes away I don't know I'm I'm when I saw that like on the commercial I was just so pumped because I, I feel like there is like a lack of representation in that age mm-hmm. group and for me i would feel like excited about getting to an age where i know myself so completely and i've had so many experiences and to be able to share that with mm-hmm. people, like the young audience that watches bachelor and bachelorette like i feel like that's going to be i mean dare i say transformation in like <laughs> our modern world yeah <laughs> i'm hoping for that honestly well as is always the case you have persuaded me and convinced me I'm on board I think it's gonna be great yes <laughs> yes all right we're gonna take a break back after this all right we're back we're back I don't know why I'm doing that <laughs> brah, we're brah. Brah, brah. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be saying that like as someone who's as like square as I am <laughs> so Kendall I was just wondering do you know Peter like I mean, you're both from from LA. Everybody in LA seems to know each other. Did you know? Did you? And everybody in this bachelor seems to know each other. So you never met each other before. Never met him. He might have 
flown through LAX at one point, but maybe I was like one on this on one of his flights, but no, never face to face. It's not like you didn't re- you didn't refer him, send him through the process. No, I would have referred him if I had met him in person. <laughs> but have you referred anyone? My not sister. Even. Oh. Oh, your sister should be. That would be great. I know. I think she'd be great too, but she's very I don't see her going on a show like The Bachelor, but I would have loved to see her on it. But um yeah, I don't think it ended up working out, but that would be a much a much better set of twins than than the ones we had. Mhm. Like <laughs> what's Kendall doing back on the show again? <laughs> and so Kendall, so you you and Joe broke up a couple of months ago. How are you doing with that uh as of as of, you know, late February? Yeah, I mean, I think we're we are honestly in a good place. I think it's it's so funny. I think for everyone it seems so impossible that you can have like an amicable I can't even say that word. Amicable, blah, 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 blah. I can't talk today. Amicable break, breakup. Um, but uh, I think it's because we both, we both just foresaw different futures. And um, regardless of how that happens, like I feel like right now we're focusing on finding happiness within ourselves and hope for the future. And also trying to find that with each other because we still love each other. It's not, you know, I don't think you can ever unlove someone that you love so deeply unless they wronged you in a serious way. Um, so I just have more of like a family love for him now. <laughs> but mm. uh, he's, you know, he's a great guy and I, I don't want to see him suffer. So, yeah, that's nice. And it's not easy. Of course, it's like breakups aren't just like you break up. That's it. Whatever. It's easy. Like there are days where it's harder. And there are days when it's easier. How's the public component of it? It actually is not as bad as I thought. Okay, I expected a lot more backlash. I expected a lot of people, you know, and of course there were some of those people on both sides, but I think ultimately the only pe- person, people that know like our relationship truly are each other and our close family and friends. And so those are the people that I listen to. Those are the people that like, whose voices like are the loudest. So um, in that way, you know, I have so much love and support in so many different areas of my life and also in his life, too. So, you know, it's uh, yeah. it's good since you're both so well liked by the public and you and when you came out, it was so clearly just like I think people understand if people want to live in different cities, it becomes a like people understand that and they don't blame anyone. I mean, for me, it's like it's not that I would never want to leave L.A. Like that was never the issue. I think it was just at this time in my life with where we were in our relationship and how, you know, I think he needed to move a lot more quickly than I was prepared to do. Um, mm. And for me, it just didn't, it didn't fall into where I saw happiness in the future. And I saw, I foresaw a lot of resent, a lot of uh, mm-hmm. negativity in the future. If I would have rushed and we would have put ourselves in that situation. So I was like, look, I don't want to resent you. I never want to, hate you so mm-hmm. let's try to end this in like a very like positive way as opposed to going down the road that could be like so dark and it's not easy to do <laughs> sounds like a very mature healthy breakup <laughs> i'm extremely logical so i mean jacqueline i'm sure jacqueline's like the same way it's like i get yeah. like this 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 and this doesn't work because of this i mean there's a yeah. lot of emotion emotion that's behind that but it's fueled by logic yeah, I can be a bit of a I mean, I can be a bit of a hopeless romantic I think to my detriment, but but that but it's like in isolated cases, but I think overall I really really value staying friends with exes. And it's um it's really nice to see. I, I think it and I've said this like actually to guys that I just start dating, it's like we're about to share a lot of ourselves with each other and I want to know that 
that doesn't just that the bond we share doesn't just disappear because yeah one of us wants to move to a different city or something is incompatible or we discover that the romantic bond isn't necessarily there like i think it's really great from the outset of a new relationship to say we're building something that's going to mean something over time and it's not just going to expire if things don't work out perfectly so i i really like honestly that you're modeling that for other people um because i think it's something i wish people did more of oh totally i hope so <laughs> i mean i think i think a lot of people try to get or not try to, but it's an unfortunate like byproduct of like, I don't think you can ever break up on equal terms or mm-hmm. even start on equal mm-hmm. terms, you know, but you can explain yourself and get it to be equal and get it to be mutual, um, you know, with how you explaining where your viewpoint is on something. So I guess like, that's what I always try to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's really lovely. So Kendall, you talked about this a lot on your uh, down to date podcast. You did an episode sort of about this whole uh, breakup and and if anyone you know really wants to know about you know that story they should listen to that it's it's very good tell me a little bit more about uh down to date that's a very interesting podcast that you do yeah i mean i absolutely love doing it uh, the breakup episode was i was talking with my friend who also went through a breakup that had a lot of parallels to my own so having her support in talking about it was really helpful for me um but the podcast is really nothing about <laughs> that it's it's a mainly um it's mainly about getting two complete strangers and putting them in a podcast studio and facilitating a first date. And so uh, I'm like the little middleman. <laughs> I've, I've learned to be a really great third wheel. Um, and uh, just asking like the weirdest questions and really getting people out of their comfort zone. Um, I think that fine uh, builds like a stronger initial connection than all the surface level conversations. So um yeah, it's been it's been really fun. I love that you found a use for your book of questions. Oh, I know. I'm still adding questions to that, by the way. I have like 400 questions now. Are they still mostly sad questions or dark questions? <laughs> There's a huge portion of those that are dark and sad. That is like <laughs> vulnerability is where connection begins. Absolutely. You know, so I feel like talking about things and I find it on the podcast, too. Whenever people bring up deaths in their families or things that have really impacted themselves, um, it usually does tend to be on the dark side. And I also see a lot more relatability. And then the other person opens up about their, you know, something else that was really painful for them. And and then that's where you start to kind of see their lives fuse. You start to see the little fusing of their life come together in a way, Yeah. you know? So I think those are the most beautiful moments. What's the question? Can you give me an example of a question? I can, uh, I can, okay, I'll give you maybe like a non-dark question. No, give me a dark one. <laughs> we love the dark. We want the dark. <laughs> Um, let's see. I mean, there's questions like when was the last time you cried or what's the most pain you've ever experienced? Um, Mm -hmm. whether that be emotional or physical. Um, and, uh, do you have like a reoccurring like nightmare? What are you, what's your unjustifiable fear? Mm -hmm. I don't know if justifiable is the right word, but, um, but you know, like fears that people have that just don't, you know, you you have a fear of something that's Uh not going to happen. Um, so that kind of, so I mean, you know, stuff like that. Like I really feel like, like whenever I ask someone, when was the last time you cried, you can either do the cop out and say, oh, I can't remember. Like I haven't cried since I was a kid. Yeah. Like chopping onions or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I get those answers, but then I also get the answers that are, well, my grandmother just passed away like two weeks ago mm-hmm. or my mother passed away from cancer and like that is where like the real connection begins and that's when the podcast gets interesting like those are the stories mm-hmm. that i want to hear i'm trying now i'm trying to think of the last time i cried yeah when was the last time you cried i was watching love is blind that's awesome i've seen the finale 
Oh, don't tell me anything. It's coming out on Thursday, but I get screeners, so I saw the finale, um, and I cried during the finale. Let me tell you, just let's let's do promo for another reality show. <laughs> the finale of Love Is Blind on Netflix is crazy. One last question for you, Kendall. Would do you think if you were asked to do Bachelor in Paradise again, do you think you would do it? Um, just seeing like how the drama has unfolded. I think me in the midst of all those personalities might not be the best combination. Mm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I right now in my life, I don't foresee that, but Hey, I also feel like paradise was, did only did great things for me. So I'd always encourage other people who have been on the show. If they get offered, like go for it. You know, I think it's going to be a really, a hopefully a transformative experience for a lot of people who have had difficulties opening up in Peter's season. Nice. Or, what, or summer games. What are you, you seem athletic. <laughs> Bring on all the games. Uh, I don't really, I didn't really heard a lot about summer games. Is that an actual thing that's happening? Oh yeah. They're, uh, yeah. Remember um, when they did winter games two years ago? Yes. Hey, I was in track and field in cross country in college. So if you want to try it out, run me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and Jacqueline, you went on Reality Steve. He was on Reality Steve was on our podcast last week, and uh, and then Jacqueline did his podcast. It was very interesting. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Well, I apparently he got the sense that I disapprove of what he does. Can't imagine why. <laughs> so we talked about we just talked about that for thirty minutes, and then I um, I had connected him with my friend FP Santangelo, and so then they talked about baseball for a while. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was interesting because I think um, Steve is very good at what he does, but he has, you know, hurt at least one person that I'm close with. And so it but it's so it's interesting, like, do you think of him more as a reporter or more as um, some guy who reveals personal information about people against their mm. will and destroys their lives? I mean, and and that's actually a kind of interesting distinction. And then we just talked about kind of social media backlash and, and the influence of social media on the show. So, I mean, it was a cool conversation. It was one I was not expecting to have, but that's the best conversation probably. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah. It was really interesting to have him on our podcast. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that one too. It was great. Man, I haven't, yeah, I haven't really done a lot of research on, on him, but I've heard that he uh, has, has definitely like, like the, the hard thing is like having that power, you know, like, yeah. what do you choose to do with the power of information? So I think that defines a lot about who someone is. Mm -hmm. That's all I'll say yeah. about that. <laughs> so Pistachio, this whole podcast, you've had Pistachio with you, and he's been very good and very, very quiet. Oh, he's knocked out. Oh, he's, he's just I, I'm so surprised. He's just laying right next to me. He's the cutest little thing, sleeping. And honestly, I gave him like a, a ball, like two bones, didn't even like try to eat the bones. You know, didn't even play with the ball. He's just passed out. Well, we don't want to. We don't want to wake him up. So we're gonna, we're gonna wrap it up here. This has been a beautiful podcast to fall in love. I'm Liam Matthews. I'm Jacqueline Trumbull, and I'm Kendall Long. Thanks so much for joining us, Kendall. If if uh, if anyone wants to listen to her show, it's down to date. Uh, it's a great podcast, and our podcast. Please rate it, review it, give us five stars, subscribe, do all the beautiful stuff that we love for you to do. Until next week.
Bye. Whether it's a new Netflix original, the latest season of a long-running network drama, or a reevaluation of a legendary comedy series, TV Guide is the place for fans to come and find out about their favorite shows and movies. And, with our help, discover some new favorites as well. From our Watch This Now recommendations and newsletter, to our WTF Just Happened video series, TV Guide is the premier hub for people who love TV as much as we all do to come and hang out. Visit us at tvguide.com, follow us on social media at TV Guide, and subscribe to our YouTube channel youtube.com slash tv guide for all this great free content and let us help you find your next binge